Hello and welcome back to the Sandy Pars Golf Podcast. We are your hosts. I am Ryan Teeson. And I'm Randy Duran. This week we're going to discuss Ryan's recent round at Kapalua, uh, our last week in golf, um, some driving range etiquette, and the current Arnold Palmer uh, Invitational. All right, we will see you guys on the other side of the song. So Randy, uh, how was your last week of golf? Um, it was great. Um, the last, my last week, I've got some practice in, um, but most importantly, I was able to play um, the uh, Ocean Course at Half Moon Bay. Uh, nice. Yeah, and I, I know we've been we've been trying to play that in our summer tour, um, but it gets kind of pricey. And luckily, I had a um, a contact who got it, uh, got us on for about fifty bucks. So, um, and it was wow. on a Friday, the only catch was it was on a Friday, um, but there was nobody out there. It was awesome. Oh, oh, so you had to boohoo, you had to take work off to go play golf. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yep. So what was the course like? So it's like a, it, it's definitely like a true link style course. Um, there's not many trees. It's, it, it's immaculately kept, um, uh, the signature holes are obviously the ones that run along the water uh but overall like it, it, the the views are amazing and the the care that they take on the course um it's just really nice to see greens that roll true but then like all the fairways have like that cross mow pattern you know when you can mm. see it you can see it from the ground yeah. level you know that they're taking really good care of Dang, it that's crazy mm-hmm. like a major league outfield Yes, exactly. Dang. Um, yeah, so it, it was. Uh, it didn't get windy until you know towards the end of the round. Um, but overall, you know, it, it's a challenging course, but it's definitely one that you could have a lot of fun on, even for the uh, an intermediate golfer. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's good. It didn't get windy. For people that don't know, Half Moon Bay is like south of San Francisco, right on the coast, and it gets pretty. It can get pretty windy out there. Yeah, it typically is too. Um, whenever so we it sounds like you got lucky. Yeah, we definitely did. Um, nice. I putted putted really well. I think on the front nine, I had uh, six one putts. Jeez. Yeah, I think I made probably four or five. Uh, you know, fifteen footers on the day. Um, it was wow. easily the best I've ever putted. I don't How know many if it was of those the greens. Were uh, only were double <laughs> uh, two were birdies. Uh, I think three of them were like long par saves. And then I had a couple that were, we don't really have to get into what the score was, <laughs> but definitely not favorable. It was still a nice putt though. Oh yeah, definitely. So how, uh, how'd the rest of your game go? Um, drove the ball. Well, I almost drew, uh, drove a, um, it was a 330 yards to the green and me and this guy were kind of trying, we're kind of competing to see how far we could hit it. And we both ended up coming up a yard short. Now it's, it was in, it was straight into, um, 
it was facing the the ocean and so it was downhill as well so we definitely got caught the slope and it just rolled right on up to the green so uh, yeah so um there was um driving the ball well um wedges were good uh long irons off the tee were good but i i just couldn't I couldn't hit my low irons into the greens where I wanted to, but mm. overall it was, I ended up shooting an 82, so I can't be nice. too upset with it. No, that's great. And the putting's working. I mean, that's the most important thing. Yep. Yep. I'm really, it, I'm really excited to, uh, that that's starting to come around. Yeah. That'll cover up for a lot of other mistakes, other places. Yeah. We'll have to go. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and if you're not getting close to the pin, you can definitely, uh, you know, uh, make up for some strokes by draining some long putts. Yeah. You mentioned practice. What kind of practice have you been getting in? So what I've been doing is uh, I've been going to the range. And like I said, my, my ball striking hasn't been where I needed it to be. So I really just like did a lot of drills that focus on, you know, making square contact with the ball. And then I just, I started from like short swings and worked my way up. I think I hit like 200, 200 balls one day, just trying wow. to, just trying to really, uh, you know, drill that in and it seems to be working. So we'll have to see in one of our upcoming rounds. Yeah, but for sure. One thing I'm dying to know, um, our last podcast, uh, you were in beautiful, uh, Maui, and you were about to play a course that I was fortunate enough to play a couple years ago in Kapalua, uh, Kapalua Plantation. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm dying to hear about how that round went. Yeah, it was awesome. So when we we left off, I was on the lanai and you were giving me tips on uh, how to play. So the next day I went out there and it was I it was is. It's really breathtaking the course. Um, mm-hmm. Even like the drive-in from where I was in Kanapali. Right. Um, the drive-in is nice, and then you turn you turn into plantation into the course, and it's just like it kind of takes your breath away. Like how the grounds are beautiful, and then but you know you turn and you look, and there's you know the ocean and Molokai, and um, really everywhere you look, it's just incredible views. Um, and to be able to play golf with, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to play golf, like with those kind of vistas everywhere yeah. you look, it's, it was, it was really, it was a special, special day. Um, I got really lucky. Like you got lucky, um, in half moon Bay with no wind the day I played it, it was perfectly still, um, which wow. was crazy. Yeah. It was a few of the days I was there, it was, you know, it was calm um but the day that i actually played i mean there was no wind it was perfect um so that i mean that being able to play it like that you know it's already a difficult course and i'll get into some of the reasons why it is so Mm -hmm. difficult um but uh i was paired up so i paired up it was three other singles and we all got paired together and one of the guys was a member at kapalua and so he had played it a lot, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he said to me on one hole, he, you know, we were, yeah, I was trying to get some info out of him about the course. And he said, really, the course's best defense is the wind is it's not it's not that challenging of a course. There's a lot right. of elevation changes. Mm-hmm. But the thing the thing that really, um, you know, protects the course is the wind. And playing on an, on a day with no wind, um, I was really just able to just enjoy the course and yeah. not battle it. 
I think when I played it, uh, it was it was uh, off and on with rain, and you know the, the rain in in Hawaii comes and it's it's you know big huge droplets of rain for like ten minutes, and then it's just gone and back to being absolutely perfect. So yeah, you, you didn't have no wind and and no rain. No rain, no rain at all, nice. um, and no wind. I mean, it was it was beautiful. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> um, and uh so the 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 um member of the course that we were playing with he he said so i i listened back to last week's podcast and you were trying to give me tips about um what to expect and how to play yeah and um so to give the picture i mean there you're playing on the side of a mountain and you're yep there's water everywhere around so but like every hole has some elevation change and the way that the member um, worded it, he said the reason why it's so difficult is there's no like there's no line of control. There's no point where it's like, OK, this is level and everything right. is either above or below it. It's the whole course is sloped and, you know, there there's no line of control for it. So, that, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to get at was um it's it's hard to read you have to you have to take into consideration not necessarily what the slope looks like it's where the mountain is and where's the ocean yeah and it's really i remember the second hole in particular um it was a part three i think uh, or it was a very short part four but um we were all kind of up on the green and standing at the green the green clearly slopes like from the back to the front, like the back was definitely higher and the pin was like in the middle, but towards the back. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm like thinking, OK, this is uphill. And I asked the guy and he goes, no, it breaks that way because he said, look back at the T and the whole T is sloped the opposite direction. So the whole the entire hole is sloping, you know, say it's down three percent. And the green is sloped, you know, in the opposite direction, say 1%. The green is still sloping 2% away. So he's like, trust me, the green is going to break back there. And it did. It was crazy to see it. it the ball broke wow. uphill, which um, without him, <laughs> I mean, I would have I would have hit it so hard because I was looking at an uphill putt. It right. looked, from, from the green, it looks like it's an uphill putt. Um, and he goes, no, the green breaks back that way. And luckily he did. He he did early on. He gave some tips like that about what to expect um, mm -hmm. when we, we'd all get to the greens and he'd say, OK, this one breaks here. This one breaks here. But then we all kind of got into our games and he kind of got into his game and he stopped playing caddy and started playing golf, which <laughs> was to my not my <laughs> benefit. But um, it, it was interesting to hear him say that it was cool. That's exactly what I remember too. Um, at least you found out relatively early when when me and my dad played. Uh, I think it was hole 17 that the guy we were playing with, after he had made you know six putts in a row, let us in on that because <laughs> we were standing over three foot putts and, and misreading it, and we had no idea what we were doing. And so finally, yeah. I was just like, "How are you making them all?" Like he was left-handed, so I thought maybe that was why he was making them all. Like just everything's backwards on the course, but. Uh, <laughs> No, he was like, no, dude, you got to look at the, uh, you got to look where the mountain is. You're playing on the side of a mountain and keep into consideration where that is. And I think the level line of control would have been a little bit better of an explanation because even then 
I was still not, you know, the last hole, I still didn't read the putt that well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's tough because your eyes and your mind are telling you, okay, the green is sloped this way, but mm -hmm. then you have to, where, where I think it would really be like, I'm going to play the, like the green you know the green caddy books that tell you all the slopes um one being able to read it but two having you know having it and being able to use it right. it would tell you kind of tell you what to expect where you know a guy just going out for a random round isn't going to be able to do that yeah so that was tough um the other thing the greens were recently sanded i don't know when exactly but they were definitely sandy so mm -hmm. um I mean that, that didn't help. Did that did that know. affect like how it, how the ball reacts like when you're hitting a shot into the green at all? Oh, uh, huh. I don't know about that. I don't remember. I know I I played um, Tilden by me recently, and mm -hmm. the greens were punched and sanded. And hitting the green, like I hit quite a few greens, and there'd be big splashes of sand coming up. Right. Um. Where at Kapalua, I don't remember that. Um, I hit, I hit less greens. I probably hit, I don't know, four or five greens with like real big, you know, high arcing shots. And I don't remember big splashes. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But, um, the thing, like it's, it, it was kind of bad because it didn't, you know, I didn't get a true feel for, um, you know, the greens. I think yeah, the, how the ball rolls and everything. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the sand slows it down. So, you know, I didn't, it probably helped me if anything, but um, it's still, it was a little disappointing. We played the first hole and like, I went down and I'm like, oh, weird. These greens are like, cause it, it wasn't covered in sand. You know, they do a really good job. Um, yeah. They use that special Maui sand. That's like, yeah. super fine. And uh, like, I picked up my ball and I'm like, oh, weird. I, I didn't realize the greens here were sandy. And then the second hole, we're at the tee and I'm like, were the greens sanded? And the member goes, yeah, they were just recently sanded. I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> I <thought it> was <laughs> a special beach green. <laughs> um, the other, so one other thing. So the rough, and I was thinking back on this and I think it might be like in like the catch areas, like around the green where the rough mm -hmm. is more like this. Mm -hmm. but it was almost like a blanket it wasn't even like uh it wasn't like individual strands of grass where in the fairway it was more like thick grass um but in these like catch areas around the greens it was the best way i could describe it it's like grass in like an easter basket like very <laughs> fluffy um it was very fluffy and the ball sits on top of it but then the ball is like a good two inches above the ground um so like the first time i did it i hit it super fat um you know almost completely swung under the ball and mm -hmm. but the other thing the green it comes up like in blankets and it doesn't like release like a divot it just kind of like rolls up and then you can put it down it was weird it was like all like the roots of it all were all, all intertwined and it was something I, I realized and it cost me a few strokes around the greens um trying to navigate those i was just looking it up it looks like it's uh, all bermuda grass so that's something to keep in mind for the future. Yeah. Um, that, that was one thing that stood out to me. And it might have just been because I missed. I remember one, I shouldn't have gone for the green. And I hit like a three iron um, into the green. I was way left. And I think that I may have just been like off of the rough. And maybe that's why it was like that. Um, the other thing. So I rented clubs there um, at the course. 
and I, I was all excited. You know, they handed me clubs and I was putting my shoes on and they've got like a whole big box of tees and ball markers and all these things to grab. So I was excited. And what I should have done, I should have stopped and looked at the clubs they were handing me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got out when I got out to the first green, I look at my wedges and I'm like, oh, these wedges don't look like the same wedges I carry in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> Which made it tough. So there was, I didn't, I, I, I play in my bag. I play with a 60 degree, um, like lob wedge. I, I didn't have one of those. Um, I only had a pitching wedge, a 50, a 52 and a 56. So they were all kind of like longer wedges. Um, but there were quite a few shots when I was like, you know, 55 yard, like 55 to 65, 70 yards out where I normally just hit like the little lob wedge mm-hmm. and I didn't have a club to hit for those shots. Uh, so that's something that I definitely in the future when I'm renting clubs, I would definitely look at the wedges and try to get those as close as you can to what you play in your bag. What uh, what clubs did they end up uh, giving you? Uh, Titleist. So AP ones. They said on the website they had AP ones and AP twos, and they did. They had AP ones and then they had AP. Three, I think, and those were yeah. more blade like player irons. Right. So I went for the AP ones. Um, and the wedges were nice. They were all Vokey wedges. They were nice wedges. They just weren't didn't match up to what I'm used to playing. Um, Scotty Cameron putter, which was nice. I did get my length of putter. Um, so that was cool. Nice. And yeah, the other thing, the bag, it had a hybrid. It had like a hybrid three wood that I don't mm-hmm. normally play with. And man, I love that thing. <laughs> are you, you going to add it to your bag and ditch the two I've, iron? I've been eyeing uh, hybrid three irons on uh, eBay. That's for sure. Just to see. Um, I don't know. It's tough to say. But man, I absolutely crushed that. Like I couldn't miss um, on 18. 18 is like the big for the pros. It's like 690 yards it's some crazy long hole where we played it was i think what close to six but less than 600 yards um and i hit a nice drive up the left side and then i hit that little hybrid and i was at i was green high i mean i was like two feet off the green so i mean i got home in two with that thing i hit a really nice shot i hit a nice drive and a nice nice uh hybrid well, if you're but, thinking about about getting that hybrid, we can find a home for your two iron. I think that's what so. I was thinking. Yep. You don't have to have a new hybrid, do you? No, I don't. But uh, that was easy swap. Yeah, I was honestly just looking at um, two irons this morning, um, <laughs> thinking about getting one. Does Taylor? Did Taylor Made still sell that one? The old yeah. iron. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's the so yeah our set that we have are the P790 uh, 2018 model. And then the 2019, the only difference is it has a polished um, sole instead of the, yeah. the brushed. And so that's the only difference um, mm. in, in the new one. But they still sell it. Because there was a time I thought they were going to discontinue it, but I guess uh, not. Uh, yeah, we went to the same place to get fitted and uh, for our clubs. And I think that they were just misinformed or they were just trying to really push for those gapper, um, those gapper yeah. hybrids. Those gappers have since been discontinued. I yeah. Love <laughs> I mean, they're weird. They're weird. It, the gapper is a weird club. I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah. I had yeah. one in when I played uh, Conopoly, uh, the Royal Conopoly, 
um, course, and I couldn't hit it at all. They gave me a full set of TaylorMades, that the, the same set that you and I have, um, except instead of a three iron and a two iron, it had that gapper club, and I, I just didn't hit it very well. I could see why it's discontinued. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've got my eye out for a hybrid. We'll see. I don't know. I do I do like playing that two iron, um, but I mean, I absolutely crushed that hybrid. The other, it had a three wood in there, too, that I don't play with a three wood. And I hit that really well, too. It's got me rethinking my club selection. <laughs> how uh, how was it swinging a regular length driver again? Uh, it was okay. I had to really, I was really conscious of, like, not getting, you know, out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hit it. I hit the three wood. Um, I probably hit it on, like, the on the real like driving holes. I probably had half of them with the driver and half with the three wood just because I mean, I was keeping the three wood right down the middle and uh, driving it as far as all the guys I was playing with. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, yeah, it was a big, I think a TS two, I think the big Titleist driver and I hit it. I hit it uh, like, you know, say I hit it on seven holes. I probably hit, hit three fairways and then four fairways were high into the right. You know, my compliments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the times I really focused and put a good swing on it, I mean, I crushed it, which was about the same average as of the big ping G driver I had um, at the time. I just didn't yep. know there was a driver out there that would let me hit fairways. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, overall, I mean, it was great. I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully playing there again someday. Um it it really it, it's just it's such a beautiful place and then even you go in like the men's locker room and there's these photos of like you know there's Fowler and then Jordan Spieth and Jason Day that you know these big pictures on the wall and they're right. signed by the guys and uh it's just like walking in there I'm like dang this is pretty awesome like these guys <laughs> have been in here too getting ready yep um so it was great that's awesome. highly recommended if uh if anyone's going to Maui and looking to play golf I definitely recommend it. Yep, it's it's a it's a bucket list course for sure. You can't really replicate it anywhere else. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you said you've been practicing quite a bit. You've been mm-hmm. hitting the range. How, right. What's been happening out at the range? <laughs> so uh, this happened to me recently, and um, in at least in San Francisco, there's only a few. Uh, driving ranges to practice on there's one in um at harding park and then there's one at presidio golf uh golf club um on the north side of the city and the driving range at harding has been closed now for about a year so essentially everybody that lives uh in san francisco is going to the same driving range and it's packed all the time and so I've just been seeing um, an absolute lawlessness out there and just complete disregard for civilization and society, how the these guys come decency. Seriously. Like, so, for example, I'm sitting there waiting. And the, the way it used to be, or at least the way I thought the etiquette was, is if you're sitting down waiting for a, uh, waiting for someone to finish, you kind of get like three or four stalls in the, in the general area. Um, and... I had an older gentleman come in uh, as I was watching one of the guys uh, finish up, and he just like snuck right in, didn't wait at all, and just took took the stall. And luckily, there was a, a guy about to finish, you know, closer to me. 
But I was just like, that guy clearly saw me sitting here, didn't even ask um, to wait. And so I didn't say anything because I didn't know, like, hey, am I in the wrong here? Like, are all of these mine or is it just the one I'm directly behind? Right. Yeah. And so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the rule on that. Like, I don't know what the, the, the etiquette is for that. There's no written rule and I've never heard, you know, what what you're supposed to do in that situation. Yeah, I, th- I honestly, it sounds like a pretty unique scenario that mm-hmm. the city of San Francisco has. Yeah. Uh, which is like, but it's still, I would say, if s- there should just be a queue like at the bottom, because I've been to that range and it's a long range. Mm-hmm. It's, right, it's long. There should just be a line like at the bottom. And then uh, when one person leaves, like you get, you know, the next person right. in line just gets that stall no matter where it's at. Yeah, um, especially with Harding being out of commission. So they're they're having the PGA championship at Harding this year, which is, I imagine, why the range has been closed. Uh, there's the, a bunch of work out there. Well, the range was originally closed because the storms we had a couple, like, I think, last winter um, blew down the uh, the the tall posts that hold up the nets. Mm. And because the PGA is coming here this year. Um, it would have cost one and a half million dollars to redo those posts. I, I think the posts were made out of like paper mache and like hope. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure what like uh, what the deal was, why they uh, blow they got blown down because that, that was the second time it had happened in the last five years. Oh wow. And, anyway, so the reason they didn't fix it is because the PGA is coming in uh, and they're gonna completely they were gonna re, uh, build them a practice facility anyway as a result of hosting um, the PGA championship. Wow. So instead of, deal. yeah. So instead of investing, you know, essentially wasting, um, you know, a million and a half, uh, they just waited until the PGA comes um, because they're going to tear down the range anyway, once they got wow. here. So, are they still, I know there's a par three course. Are they still planning to take that par three course out for the yeah. practice facility? It's officially closed uh, as oh, of now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They wow. closed it last week. Um, huh. yeah. And it's, then, uh, I was going to say another thing that they've been doing, uh, that I've noticed at the range too, is, um, I'll be waiting for a guy to finish and he'll hit his last ball and then he'll leave his bag and just walk away and go buy another bucket and then go back and practice again. And didn't even say I'm, I'm clearly sitting behind him waiting for him to finish. And not once did he say the entire time that he's going to go get another bucket and maybe I should have oh, somebody terrible. else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just, I mean, people being assholes, really, it sounds <laughs> like. But it, it's this, because there's such scarcity to hit balls, I mean, people people are just, yeah, going lawless. Like you yeah. say, that sounds terrible. Yeah, it's the Wild West out there. Like, I, I go out there half the time and, like, I, I get anxiety. It's like, oh, I'm going to have to wait 30 yeah. minutes to hit balls. Like, it's that's- just... Yeah, it's a it's a less than ideal scenario for sure. The Presidio should have like they should have a guy down there with a queue and you know it's first come first serve, not right. you know, luck of the draw. Yeah, uh, and and the starter is right there too, so you have someone already there. Um yeah. you know, I feel like we're just bitching about, you know, how they're running things over there, but it's like it's a big deal. Like, you know, there's some serious hardcore grinders that go out there and um they're kind of on edge like people are just you know 
fed up with having always having someone behind them or having to wait 30 minutes just before they can hit um it's supposed to be yeah, like a quick thing you want to get in and get out and get on with your day you know yeah and plus like you could go putt like if you had if you pulled a number like you're at the butcher you know you pulled yeah. the number and you know <laughs> you're like sixth in line you can go putt for 20 minutes and not like you know stress about trying to find a stall yeah that yep. sounds terrible <laughs> you should probably you should just drive across the bay and come where I am at Tilden. There's three levels. Uh, yeah, three. I was just trying to count. If there's three or four. There's three levels, and each one has like 60 <laughs> hitting stalls in it. So, I got nothing but stalls over here. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was honestly thinking about uh, doing that. You know, going to the East Bay or um, also Peacock Gap is a quick 15 minute drive. So, um. And then that's all grass too. So I was thinking about possibly going out oh, there. Nice. But, yeah, that'd be good. Plus yep. oysters. Go on a Saturday and get sixty oysters. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> completely clear them out. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough, dude. I don't know. Good luck. Is that is there the, that Eagle Indoor? Is that still around? Yeah. The the that's and that's fun. Um, the last time we went there, they they had just moved to their new location. They didn't have uh, their liquor license yet, so kind of the, some of the luster is is <laughs> was gone. <laughs> and then it's it's downtown, so you have to like lug your clubs down there, and then like walk around downtown, like essentially holding you know a couple thousand dollars in front of less than desirable uh, folks down there. Yeah, and for sure. um, it's just. I don't know. It's not very comfortable. And then, like, you can't drive and park. You have to take uh, a Lyft or an Uber. Yeah. And sometimes they don't really care for uh, having to lug your clubs. Um, yeah, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, I think it sounds like you just need to move out of the city and come I, out. I mean, what I'm hoping <laughs> – well, the PGA is in May, so what I'm hoping for is they just, like – they make, like, a triple-decker awesome driving range out at Harding, and I'll just go there. Dang. Yeah, that'd be nice. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Uh, so the pros, they're at Bay Hill this weekend. Yep. And you've been watching that. You've been watching it a little closer than I. I watched more of it yesterday. Right. Uh so how are they looking out there? So yesterday, uh, the lowest round was by our boy Rory, who we have a, a season-long bet on, you know, his wins this year. And he absolutely dominated. Um, he went out early, though. Uh, and actually, the leader was not Rory. It was uh, Matt a uh, Every. Matt Every, yeah. Yeah, Um Rory the official was, golfer of the Sandy Pars Golf Podcast. That's right. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I, we we got to have him on, on the podcast. For sure. Yeah. Uh, he 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 was leading yesterday. He went out and shot a a, a Duran esque eighty two today though. Ouch. Um, yes. He went. So he went out later, and they were saying that the wind died down halfway through the day. And if you look at Rory's round, he finished really strong when the wind had died down. So you know he posted a really good score. Um, and then the wind, uh, picked up again this morning and everyone is out there, uh, you know, shooting like, like if you shoot par today, you are going to probably be in contention. I was watching, uh, Kepka play and, uh, he had, he buried the first hole and has, uh, 11 straight pars or something like that. Wow. 
and he's one under, and now he's only four shots back after uh, you know just shooting even yesterday, which did not look like that was gonna. Um, you know, he probably had to do better to win the tournament, but it's not looking like it anymore. Wow. Um, Rory yeah, every, just, everyone's moving backwards today. That's right. Yeah, and including Rory. Rory went um, birdie, bogey, double, and I think. I think I'm looking might... at him now. He's plus two on the day, so he's got one of those strokes back. Yep, but and he's... he's in at minus four. Uh, and right now he's got um, his third shot out of the bunker on a par four, and if he shoots it too long, it goes directly in the water, and the flag is like right Dang. on the edge of the green next to the water. So oh, this that's is like a... my nightmare. Yep. So that's I don't know what the hell he's gonna do here. Uh, did you see his last name was Saunders? I want to say Sam Saunders. They were they were highlighting him yesterday. It's it's Arnie Arnold Palmer's grandson. That's oh yeah, there. that was kind of cool. Yeah. I was rooting for him, but I don't see him. I don't see him anywhere on here today. Let me search and see where he's at. Yeah. Um, Sam Saunders. Yeah. Oh, he's plus three for the tournament. He's plus one today. He's already in the clubhouse. He went 74 on Thursday and 73 today on Friday. So plus three. But they were saying, well, the cut line's probably moved. It looks like he's going to make it. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was at two over uh, to start the day, they thought. And it's looking like that's not going to, it's going to move further back. We'll have to yeah. see because the leader right now is still at six under. It looks like it looks like the cut's gonna be right at plus three, so he'll just make it. Right on. Yeah. That that'd be awesome cool. if you got to you know yeah. play through the weekend. That's a great story. Um, yeah. And then yeah. And then uh, they were just showing um, Justin Rose on here, and one thing I wanted to talk to you because we're both we're both tailor made guys. Team tailor made. That's right. And um, you know Justin Rose won the FedEx Championship last year. Uh, big, big tailor-made guy, and then he announced in this off-season that he was going to make the shift to to Hanma, and that was a big well, deal think, because yeah, I think the the sequence of events went Hanma backed up a huge truck of money, and then yes. Justin was like, oh, I think I'll play Hanma clubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they just showered him with gold ingots, and uh, yeah. he's like, oh, I guess I'll play some Hanma. And you know, Hanma has a great reputation of of fine craftsmanship and all that. You know, they're beautiful clubs, but um, to to switch completely, and then uh, you know, after you've essentially had the best year on tour last year, um, was a huge a huge gamble, and he clearly. Uh, is is done with that gamble um they they in the contract i guess it says that he has to play at least 10 hanma clubs in his bag at all times and they even work together to develop like a specific driver the justin rose official driver for hanma so however much work went into that and you know it's a bad situation when you're ditching the driver with your own damn name on it (laughs) that is and so that's how it started. He went. He ditched the uh, the all the woods, uh, and the and the wedges, and in favor of tailor made clubs. And then he, uh, and then even that wasn't enough. That was last in in last week's tournament. And this week he just straight up showed up with his uh, P seven thirties, the same clubs that uh, essentially the Tiger clubs. Yeah. 
Tiger and Rory play those. And so he was just yeah. like, just ditched the Hanma. The only thing that he's playing Hanma right now is his hat and shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I mean, it, it was a bold move to go. I mean, he must have. I don't know much about Hanma clubs because no, who can afford to play them? You know, exactly. they're so. But it's like, I mean, I'm sure they're good, but mm-hmm. like they're not. Taylor Made is like the the quantity of clubs that Taylor Made's Made sells allows them to to make better clubs. You would just have to think, you know. Yep. Yep. And yeah, so I mean, well. I'm sure it's it's an experiment that's coming to an end. I it'll be interesting to see if he starts winning again because I don't know. Last season when he was playing the Hanmas, I'm sure he won. Or you know, he's still a great player. He's a great putter. Um, yeah, and that that's hard to change if you know how to putt. Yeah, but I don't I don't remember his name. You know, I remember I don't I don't know I don't know how well did he do last year? Not well. well. He- well, he no, he did well. He won the uh, the, the FedEx uh, Championship. Um, the previous year. Oh, that was the previous year. That's yeah, right. Roar, he yeah he won it with TaylorMade's, and then that's he went right. To that's yeah. right. So he played all of last year with the Hanmas, and then was going into this year. So I mean, he gave it a shot for a full year. You know, he got paid. So I guess it's just yeah. you know probably just gonna go like uh, take that money and go back to winning tournaments and. Um, make money the old-fashioned way instead of just getting a crazy endorsement. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm looking at his 20, let's see, it would be, what, 2018, 2019? He made $4.3 I don't see if he had any wins with that or not. But uh, let's see, 25 events played. He won once. That's That, so. that ain't good. That's not good for someone that the previous year won the FedEx Cup championship. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, I like science. I like guys that try experiments. But yeah, <laughs> when the experiment's failing, it's time to go back to, you know, what works. Yeah. I mean, he gave it a fair shot. Uh, I didn't. I totally, totally spaced out that he gave it a full year. So if you're giving it a full year, uh, you gave it a good, a good, honest try. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's interesting. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on this weekend to see um, see who wins the the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Yep, it's going to we'll be exciting Rory... to see this finish. I hope Rory makes a comeback here, get an, an exciting leaderboard. But uh, the wind is howling out there, so whoever essentially survives today looks like is uh, and, and makes the cut. It could pretty much be any anybody who makes the cut is still in contention. So we'll it could be exciting. Yeah, that sounds great. And I know we've got we're going out we're gonna play Harding Park next weekend um, before they really get into the drive for the PGA Championship out there. Yeah. So uh, and we can on our next podcast um, that's what we'll talk about. We'll talk about the upcoming round at Harding. You know, it's only got a a, a month left of being playable, so it's as close it's it's as close to um, tournament ready as it can be without growing out the rough uh, like it's gonna be when the pros are out there. Um, we'll also talk about uh, how to, uh, you know, keep track of green punching season, how to contact your course and, and just check the status of the greens. And then we'll also give uh, some tips for the for getting those tee times at popular courses, um, at least in the Bay Area. The top notch courses are really hard um, to find tee times. And we got some tips for for being able to get, um, you know, get on on desirable times at your favorite courses. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm excited to hear some of those tips, too. So, 
Uh, we will catch you guys next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Hit them straight. <laughs>